<laughs> Good for you. That was for all of you. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Mean Girls Interrupted. Also, sorry I'm so close. I realized listening back that um, mm -hmm. I am not close enough to my microphone by any means. Oh, actually, that's, as I am not as close as I should be. Are we? So do I'm you think we're going to be publicly shamed for um, using these uh, microphones? Because I feel like in the podcast community, these are regarded as the lowest of the rungs of microphones. You know, I just don't even care. I mean, I'm going to be quite honest. Oh, me neither. I just don't care. I was just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> no, if uh, anybody wants to come for us, I don't really care. I watch a bunch of YouTubers who use these, and guess what? They're making millions yeah. of dollars, so you right. all can just I mean, suck it. Bob the Drag Queen has had used um, this st exact style of microphone for a very long time. Um, well, what I don't understand is why it matters. It <clears throat> works. It's a functioning microphone. Right, it's a robot penis, just as uh, robot penisy as the next robot penis. Exactly. So yeah. who cares? We spent um, <laughs> we spent some money on these, and it, they're not cheap, actually. They're not. No, no. It's not like we just uh, popped on over to the Target and got like a yeah, little I wish kid I microphone. Right. I wish we could have, but we didn't. Yeah. Mm -mm. No. Um, uh, how so. was your week, Travis? Oh, it was good. You know, yesterday, you know, yesterday, all of the revelations. Yeah. Travis had some family oh. history revelations. Yeah. I had some family history revelations uh, where we all found out some family things that we didn't know for a long time. Some good, but, some bad, but also, yes. you know, yes, it's yes, kind yes. of interesting. It is very interesting. Um, do you want to air out that laundry? <laughs> I don't really show. know because I don't well because I don't know if it really matters I think a lot of people have like a situation where it's like oh there's there's like some sort of adoption in your family and then it relates in like generations of you not knowing who you are like who your family is mm. and then you find out and then it the, just all the, I can think the, about yesterday the the sense of identity and link to the family but I mean it's just sort of like um, do you think because of the culture of, of our families, like our history, um, do you think that was adoption was sort of swept under the rug or seen as shameful? No, I don't think so. I think because, <clears throat> well, obviously, so here's the thing. Here's a quick rundown. I'm not going to go too much into it. My great grandmother who ran a room and board and i say this in air quotes room and yes, board because quotes. that meant a specific sort of thing which good um, for her she I was mean, a, like a woman a honestly lady a woman listen, of means let's, let me talk about it because here's the thing if she's going to get money from room and board and also get a little money on the side from the airbnb yeah, <laughs> honestly, that is hilarious. But yes, that's pretty much what we're getting at here. Yeah. And so it resulted in my grandfather being born and uh, put in an orphanage and then adopted by people who now have my last name, people who are very shady and I'm not going into it because mm -hmm. that's for another day. So then we found out what our biological last name is, even though like legally and I don't I can't ever see myself as being anything else. But well, also part of like, me is like, wow, the identity, because now I'm like, now I have to look up this new last name. Dude, it's interesting. The fact that I'm, it's related, like an, it's, 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 I'm related to it's, these people I don't know. Yeah. And it's sort of like, I feel like there's a, a, a renewed vigor and interest in family that maybe wasn't there before. No, it wasn't. Am I, am I wrong? Also, no, you're not wrong at all. Because now I truly am <laughs> like, okay. So there's we? a bunch of people. Yes. There's a bunch of people out there. Who are they? Who do we know? Like our genetic relation to these people, obviously. Do you have an interest I'm, in finding them? Not particularly to be honest, because what would it do? Nothing. I like, don't think I, it I would did, serve anything. I, it doesn't. And you know, I did like a 23 and me, um, to figure out what was going on with me on a genetic level. <laughs> yeah. And um, now I'm in like a database that's been like sold to a, like an insane huge company, I think. But um, uh, I don't know. But anyway, so uh, I, I I did it, and 
you're in you're in the app and then you're like sort of linked genetically to your family's like diaspora and like they're like you have a new relative and i get these emails all the time like through the app like i only know like three people in real life because they also did a 23 and me and signed up for the app but now there's like like a hundred different relatives that i don't care to know at all and they're like distant 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 cousins but aren't we all just distant distant cousins of each other yeah we are we're all related so like be careful also well yes be careful who you take to your bed because first and second's not okay (laughs) but after that you're fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're good. But I think back in our day, like in the in the rural southwest of America, where Travis and I uh, grew up, those were some very limited gene pools to the point where, like, I believe that my grandparents on my mom's side were like fifth cousins, even though they came from different parts of the South. And like oh um and then my mm-hmm. my dad my dad's parents were somehow quasi related because they both grew up in in that place that you and i went to high school in <laughs> oh it's so fun where i just visited and i haven't been to Ugh. there's like two new pizzerias there there's some other things there but like that town know just loves it its pizzerias just... it's oh, a crazy who doesn't love pizza but like but they do have i mean a, it's a town that town has a great Mexican food restaurant game. Like the like the sit-down Mexican restaurant that you don't really see anywhere else other than uh-huh. like the southwest of, of America. It's the sit-down Mexican restaurants that just have like the best food ever. John, I'm telling you what, they really do. Yeah, like Charlo's. Some good Where did Mexican you guys go to lunch? There. We actually didn't. Everybody. Did. Well, okay. So here's the thing: is it was just supposed to be the adults, all the kids, all the siblings, Ugh. and the parents going. But my mom was like, "Why don't you just bring everybody?" So no. every single grandchild showed up. Which I'm not gonna lie, it was kind of fun. But John was it loud by the end of the day? Oh, was it ever? <sighs> by the end of the day, when I got home after driving, when I was sending you voice notes about the revelations, yeah. Um, I truly, I can't explain to you the uh, the levels of exhaustion I was experiencing were like, wow, I was fully zapped, which is why I didn't get out of bed today until about 9.45. Yeah, that's I what I mean. I didn't even know it was 9.45. So you did that three-hour drive takes a lot after, out of after a lunch like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I that's such a... Go. I said I got to get. It is kind of a pretty drive, though. I do miss that drive. I used to take it often. Um. Like, I do, like, but I'm going to tell you, it gave me yeah. anxiety. Through like the the mountains? No, just because it's been, uh, it's a super long drive and I don't do that. Like ever yeah. since the car accident. I think so, about that all the time was, too. Yeah. Yep. It was and weird. It is, like, so it is kind was, of a curvy, curvy, curvy drive. That's for sure. It is. It was pretty though. And I did enjoy it. But on the way back, I wasn't feeling that sort of anxiety that I was on the way there. Okay, good, good. You're you're addressing the trauma. So, For people who don't know, um, Travis was involved in a in a uh, a car accident that was uh, very much a near miss, in my opinion. And I just feel bad uh, for the mo- no. It really was. It's not even an opinion. It's actually yeah. uh, it's actually a fact because I've had basically every person who helped me out of the vehicle was like uh what? how are you here <laughs> um it was wild to me because i still remember that day it was it was not as traumatic for me as it was for you but i was very worried because i was on my way to albert i mean well the I thing a, is yeah I, I got a text from oh. from travis <laughs> was like he was like i just got into a car accident and i was like oh no you're texting me so you must be okay and then you sent you immediately sent me pictures of your car and i was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i was like holy shit i was like is somebody coming to get you and you're like yeah the ambulance are here (laughs) and then you were taken i was like what are you doing texting me it's crazy the thing is though is like the power of adrenaline is seriously so crazy dude like it's honestly because here's the thing not until after i left the hospital did i actually feel like i was in a car accident 
because the bo- my body was mm-hmm. so I, I mean, was so weak months. I yeah, I was very much floored at the fact that you were even texting me after I got the picture. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit! That was, I was uh, like, look, I'm still here. I gotta tell John. John knows everything first, pretty much. <laughs> Yikes! I was like, I was, I did get the live play by play. I was like, is, I was like, is somebody kidding? Like, I was like, where's the ambulance in this situation? <laughs> no, it was all, uh, it was all so quick though. It happened so fast, and it, honestly, that's one of those things where like I'm so grateful. I looked to the left, and I was like, yeah. oh my god! And then it was over. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, it was I, over. So that's what, that is, that is one know. of my that's like one of my deepest fears. Is it's actually into a car accident. the thing is though is in that moment it was like frightening but also you don't have time to think i had no time to think yeah no you you just like resigned to the moment or something yeah i really was i was like well okay here it is Ugh, god i'm so sorry i didn't even think in my head oh no it's totally cool i didn't even think in my head i wasn't even like am i gonna die it was like there's a car about to hit me and then lights out Ugh. No, no. So, I mean, no, no, I no, mean, no. talk about, talk about drama. It, it's like drama and trauma, girl. Sisters. I, yeah. Trauma sisters. But uh, we are sisters yeah. in trauma, you and I. But uh, yeah, yeah, we are. It's almost like a, a codependent relationship. I like say. it. Yeah. But you know who it. else is I in a codependent for the world because we're you know, <laughs> you know who else is in a codependent relationship? Um, uh, yeah, I do actually. Uh, Nicholas Holt, who plays Renfield yeah. in, in the movie Renfield, which is a movie we're talking about today. John, I did not realize how tall he is. Is he as tall, tall as I am? I don't know. I didn't look into it, but I mean, in Hollywood standards, he could be like five nine, and everybody else is like five five. No, <laughs> not at all, John. He's actually tall as hell. Because did you see when there was a scene when they're walking out of? First off, this movie is crazy. A second, yeah. when he walks out of the apartment, when all of those police show up, his head barely misses the door frame. Right. Yeah. And Which every door frame is pretty much the exact same size. I both <clears throat> of us need to know we how tall know. Nicholas Holt is. I feel like a, as tall people, you and I, um, you can't notice at home because we are. You're either listening to yeah. this on your headphones and you can't see us, or you're you're watching us talking to microphones while sitting down. So yes, it's our crazy. heads look better, bigger than they are, though. I'm gonna we do have it. normal sized heads. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I had to think about it. <laughs> so, Nicholas Holt <laughs> height. <laughs> um, he's six three. He's tall, mm-hmm. and you're what? That's tall. I'm I'm six one, and you're six exactly. four. Exactly, and I am I am six five. So oh, wow. up here, we're <laughs> we're both up here in the clouds. Yeah, whenever I see you and in, in redacted in person, it's always weird because I'm like the finally looking up in my life, and I'm instead of doing this, <laughs> which I I think Wait, like, how, as a tall person, I think what now? How tall is your redacted? Uh oh, it's, it's, I feel like it's a a five a five seven maybe like a five six. So I'm doing this a lot throughout the day i'm not gonna but lie. That, that's normal for me i kind of love it i kind of love a short king <laughs> but that's right there is a term i for do <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. know wh- i me don't too. know what it is maybe it's because Obviously. of my height that i'm like oh i'm searching for but let me tell you oh my gosh yeah. john okay so at work there's this guy that comes over he is six <laughs> eight he what is, but i'm telling you he, he is the most gorgeous black man i have ever seen and he sits outside he's an insurance person i've talked to him john he is he's six eight and every time i see him sitting outside and i have to walk by over to the other store i'm like hey like do you find excuses to uh is it are they are like a ups person or fedex person 
No, he just sits there and does his work. He does his work outside of Nectar, which is like a juice place for all of you who don't know. Oh, so he, so he just works, works in the his... vicinity. Yeah. He works in the yeah, vicinity, yeah. but he doesn't work in a shop. He works basically wherever he wants to, but he likes to go to Nectar and get his stuff. I but see. he is muscly, okay. handsome, <laughs> and just six, eight. So, he's like, it's 6'8". And I was like, because I was like, <sighs> dude, you are massively tall. And I never say the that only... to people. And I became that person. Well, you've and, never been in the position. Like, I know, because I'm looking up at this person and I'm like, you know what? I'm like, yeah, OK, I get it. I totally you're, get the appeal. You just walk by and you're like, work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real but, dude so but no I good mean, for him i mean good i mean also i mean find every excuse to to walk over and say hi hey it's just I, nice eye candy sure sure and also you can be like hey can you stand next to me for a second and then he, i think he would be sympathetic <laughs> to that because like all you want to do in your life as a tall person is just like look up at another person it's such a weird feeling just be like it really hi. is because I'm like, okay, now I actually feel like I, I'm not it's now I'm not the only person in the room where people are like, did you play basketball? And it's yeah, like, no. I got that a lot too. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, I'm like, it's like I'm like, walking, you ever seen I'm walking around like giraffe? this. I'm walking around like this. <laughs> and they're like, do you play basketball? And I'm like, no, girl. <laughs> would be like, I do play with balls though. I'm like, what? Um, yeah, I was pretty gay, but like, like that's okay. We all um, were, we all were, weren't we? But, um, um, oh wait, you know who else is kind of a little bit gay? Uh, Renfield and Dracula in this movie. Renfield is a little bit gay. He's definitely they address it a little bit. I would bit, put him on they? the spectrum. I put him on, on the spectrum, spectrum a bit there. Yes. Yes. On the spectrum for show. And, um, yeah. so Renfield is a movie that's out. And it definitely stars Nicholas Holt as Renfield. He is the protagonist for one. Nicholas Cage. There's two Nicks in this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Nick times two. Nick squared. Um, I would say yes, Nicholas Cage that Nick squared. <laughs> yeah. They should have like a like brand that. of alcohol or something like that called Nick Square. Um, Honestly, Aquafina is in here. Aquafina. Um, I was happy was, to see Aquafina. I, I know she's uh, had a little bit of a. Yeah, mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. She has. I didn't. I didn't. But no, she would. They didn't really advertise fine. her. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, they didn't. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Because of the controversy that surrounded her a little bit ago. But honestly, I mean, I think if people are willing to, you know, mm -hmm. give her another chance. Everybody does dumb stuff, but I don't think she does things. Um, I don't think she does things in like malice. It's not like something she's doing. As yeah. long as she addresses it and changes her behavior. I I love Aquafina though, so I'm biased, but also I can acknowledge that, like, hey, yeah. you gotta chill, girl. Uh yeah, after after the the black scenting was was called out, I did do like a deep dive and was like, oh wait. She was doing it the whole time, wasn't she? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Like even even in the in the movie roles she was doing, I was like, wait, this is accurate. I thought that's just the way, the way she talked or something. But now now in in all of her roles, she's like almost making a, a concerted effort not to. Like in this one, uh, in this role, she was uh, definitely just doing regular. Uh, born and she was just speaking Aquafina. as herself. Yeah, so I can see why. But is, is she such like a pariah that they have to not advertise that she's in something? That's a bummer, though, because like <laughs> I think she used to be a draw, but it's like I now she has to do some um, now she has to do some recovery for her uh, public image. And, you know, what? Good for her. I think she yeah, can. Yeah. Image yeah. rehabbing. And she didn't even have to go to rehab for drugs. She has to go to rehab for black. But I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's such a weird phenomenon whenever like um, everybody's so against one person that they have to like jump through a lot of rigmarole to, to rehab an image. And it's it's an actual operation behind the scenes. It's very calculated. It it's very uh, methodical. 
like you have to fly under the radar for people to sort of have amnesia and forget, which is totally something that happens. Like it does. Mm -hmm. That's Hollywood. I mean, imagine how many people in Hollywood who have had to do this. It's like, you really have to repair your image. But the thing is, is there's going to be a scandal that comes up and people are going to forget about yours because there's always something dramatic happening. Yeah. Or it's just like with time, people just like forget about it. And they're just like, okay, cool. Whatever. Aquafina's here. But um, <clears throat> true. So yeah. let's get into this. Uh, let's get into the stats of this because I kind of want to know. Oh, right. So once again, we're talking about Renfield. Uh, I think it came out in 20. Did it come out in 2023? Anyway, it's yeah. streaming on Peacock for all of you who have it. Um, go, <laughs> yeah, Peacock I mean, is go Peacock is the, it, uh, I guess. Peacock is is where all of Universal's movies go automatically. So this is a, a Universal <laughs> picture. Dracula is inherently um, a uh, monster universe of Universal alongside of like Wolfman and the Invisible Man. And there's a they tried to we're not going to get into Invisible Man. Uh, I loved that movie so much. Mm -hmm. It it was was such an unexpected, unexpected take on on the Invisible Man, which is a a Universal Pictures intellectual property. So very well done obviously um so yeah. this movie okay, back this to mo- renfield i'm so sorry yes that's good but this movie cost 65 million dollars to make okay how do you feel okay. about that i mean i don't have i feel like a lot of the budget went to nicholas cage but i do also i think a lot of the budget went to that makeup department because damn yeah, they did good. They did really, really good. And also, the, it, it did gross. I agree. Yeah, it grossed worldwide $26 million, which worldwide, world no. wide, worldwide. It flopped that hard. Yeah, what do they call that? A flop Tina of these days? Girl, is that what, the, that is that is. what the, the dolls and the girls are saying? Flop Tina? Yeah, flop Tina. Yeah, I think that's Dude, very that's bad, actually. I, I know it's really, really bad on paper. But if I can tell you, um, after I just run down the stats super quickly, and I'll give an opinion right up top. It's uh, It was directed by Chris McKay, written by Ryan Ridley. And uh, screen story was by Robert Kirkman and Ava. And additional material was by Ava Tramer, which probably is like a, you know, a revision of some sort. And uh, this was released by Universal Pictures, and the production rights were sold to Skybound Entertainment, and they are very much known for the Walking Dead series, a bunch of and a bunch of really, really, really good comic books and graphic novels. Um, <clears throat> and this was not a graphic novel or comic book uh, source material. This is just the Dracula source material. And but it does read very comic booky, and that makes a lot of sense. But this uh, this movie, I, I don't I would think agree. warranted. I don't think it warranted a flop. This was quite interesting movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be uh, yeah. We're not gonna do the review like we did the other time. I don't think yeah. it warranted a flop either. That's why I'm actually kind of shocked. Shooketh, yeah. I am um, a bit shooketh. It's weird. I do, because, ha- I do yeah. have, I do have my own reservations about a specific thing we'll get to in the end that I was like, okay. "Girl, yeah." Mm-hmm. But yeah. I do have. I mean, I have a- those moments too. But I mean, it's almost like any other. Okay, we're not going to do the review right now. We're going to go through it. We won't do the review. We're go through it. Let's go. Um, let's do like our quick rundown, and I'm going to give you the opportunity because we are lagging again, unfortunately, and I'm so sorry. So no. I'm going to let you go ahead and do the talking. Okay. And then we're okay. going to get to the review. So the talking goes like this: the movie starts off on Renfield, and it's a crazy voiceover. Um, he's like, "I'm Renfield, and this is me right now, and this is my status quo." And I am, uh, I am the lowly servant, um, uh, the longtime servant of Dracula, who has fallen into disrepair because of an attack from some spiritual people um, who almost killed him. But because Renfield was such a dutiful servant, saved the day, and um, Dracula is now in a process of re- building back his ultimate power um, from being 
um, set ablaze by the sunlight. And Renfield has realized at this point in time that he doesn't like his lot in life, his lot in these centuries or whatever. And he is in a support group for codependent relationships. And everybody else in the group. It a fight club. Yeah, so there it gave is a fight, me fight club. club. It was giving fight club without the fighting at this point. And, um, and Meatloaf. He, uh, Meatloaf. I love Meatloaf in that movie. <laughs> me too. <laughs> hey, rest in peace for real. Rip. Rip. Also, I also had, um, I did have meatloaf last night, and that's not a joke. And it was so John, good. That's okay. <laughs> John, we, I have to be honest with you. I love meatloaf. I know so, people out there are like, what? I had, yeah. it's so good. John, I tried buffalo meatloaf in Flagstaff one time. It was amazing. Buffalo meatloaf? That sounds dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so we go back to Renfield now, and he goes, uh, he is, we do this whole expository sequence, and then he's just like, okay, he has a complicated relationship with Dracula. We go, and so he he is using a support group to source some unsurly, unsavory types of people, and he targets the abusers and uh, controllers of these people in these people's lives, these other people in the group. And so he goes to like Katie's friends. He targets this, this woman's uh, significant other, who's like a, a criminal and they are in new Orleans and he, it's like, they stole a bunch of drugs or something like that. And uh, Renfield interrupts it. And he's going to chloroform all these guys, like these three guys and take them to Dracula for him to feast upon and start to regain his strength back. And, it's interrupted because uh, it's a, 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 a part of a much larger crime underground ring. and uh, Some syndicate. Some syndicate called the Lobos. And uh, they, it's interrupted by a hitman who is very comic book character-y. He has a luchador mask on and he is very yes. scary. And he throws these crazy knives and he's an insane person. And he um, tries to kill Renfield, but Renfield has a secret power, which is every time he eats a bug or an insect, he his eyes go bright yellow and he has superhuman strength temporarily until he has to eat another bug. And that's crazy. They go twilight. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> they go, they go they twilight. Do, it's... Yeah, they do. They go full, full, full <laughs> twilight with the, with the effects on that eyeball. And, um, but yeah, but it's like, it's like flipping and, and I, I would describe it. I would describe the action and the fighting like John Wick meets, uh, Dracula, but Renfield is, is doing it. Yeah. And I mean, the action sequences were, I mean, that specific action sequence, I was like, okay. I was like, I kind of wasn't yeah. expecting this. No, I wasn't expecting it at all. And the, the level of gore is so comic book like and cartoonish that i was like yeah <laughs> it's anime yeah for sure yeah uh that, it is like, it truly like, is yeah it's like instead like punching instead of like a realistic punch like whatever he like punches through the chest and a bunch of blood sprays everywhere that kind of a thing john it reminds me of the old japanese movies that we used to watch and so yeah. in that moment i was like Okay, I'm I'm actually living invested. For this. Yeah, it was, that's what I mean. It has very much redeeming qualities, despite the story and the narrative being a little bit uh, basic Hollywood movie fare. the The stylings I mean, were yeah. were the stylings were great. Like the the icing on the cake was was super cool. Um. So anyway, yeah. so yeah, he gets he gets a uh, Renfield gets um intertwined in this whole um underground crime ring and the target of them because he inadvertently inserted him, inserted himself in the equation and harmed the the son of um, a the of the lobos who is this really great dramatic actress who was like chewing up the scenery uh she's she yeah, controls the she lobos was. and she has this evil gleeful smile every step of the way and um uh she John, she, can I just say, she uh -huh. sounds like she eats cigarettes, not just smokes them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> she, and I'm here she's for She's like, it. hello. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's she's a she's an old school actress. She's been around for quite some time, and she's been smoking for decades, apparently. And it's working. For I like her. her. Yeah, I like her. <laughs> yeah, she her introduction to the movie is her like turning around in like a dramatic evil way, and she's like, "Hello." Yeah. Can I say something? Is it weird? Or is is it like a is this just like a movie trope that like every villainess, every woman who's a villain wears white? It is a white tight pencil skirt situation. Like business always wearing white. Always wearing white. I think it's just to be like I don't know. Like I don't know. Like I'm wear white. That's all I could notice. Yeah, it is a thing. I mean she looked great. Yeah, I too would wear an ivory pencil skirt pantsuit thingy. I were in yeah. control of a very um, sprawling a city crime syndicate citywide, but also she has she teases right away. So she's like, "Hey, so son, uh, you're not living up to my expectations because every sort of main character in this movie is as a sort of a pawn of somebody else who has more power than them, and that's everybody's arc. It's Aquafina's arc, who is a." Uh, a cop doing a DUI stop who also inadvertently gets wrapped up in the mix because she sees um, the Lobo son uh, trying to flee Renfield because he like witnessed what Renfield was capable of while on bugs. And uh, yeah, he's yeah. on bugs. <laughs> like, he looks like don't he's on do bugs. bugs. Yeah, don't do bugs, everybody. Uh, so uh, yeah, so she gets involved in the mix and she's like this virtuous cop among a bunch of corrupt. Uh, cops who have been bought by the Lobos clan and she's like the last virtuous cop who has a vendetta to redeem uh, avenge her dad's death who was killed by a Lobos person the Lobos son and so uh, she they all culminate at a bar with Renfield who was looking for his uh, Nicolas Cage dinner because we do see Nicolas Cage as Dracula, and he is very uh, um, unsavory looking. He looks like a, a meat, a meat rack. I would, I would say, John, a meat rack. He looks insane. This is where I'm like, damn, the makeup department really pulled through on this because it truly was so cool looking. It did look cool, but in his, his performance shines through, and his performance as Dracula was like so weird and wild that it just made sense that it was Nicolas Cage. (laughs) It was the perfect, and this is where I'll say, this is where I'll say, like, it kind of blurs the line of camp, and this is where it kind of confuses me, but his performance was, like, very, very, like, over the top. Yeah, and it's, like, it's obviously the only way it could work. I mean, yes, it's so... (laughs) It's if we can just talk about Nicolas Cage for a second, because we can't talk about this movie without talking about Nicolas Cage, I guess, because Nicolas Cage's career, he has weathered a storm. Like talk about talk about Aquafina weathering a storm currently, but this is a different kind of weathering the storm. Like Nicolas Cage, like what happened where Nicolas Cage for a long time was like weird and unemployable or something and now it just seems like a weird thing of the past but now that he's in things he's sort of become this novelty actor who he seems very Mm self-aware john perfect description novelty it's like when you see him you're like okay i'm gonna get something different this time and i don't know what (laughs) it's gonna be but whatever you're getting it's not gonna be something uh serious you know what i mean yeah i do yeah i mean he was in this movie called um uh color out of space which uh it i think he was a very much attempting to be the serious performer that he is but he was making some questionable choices acting wise to the point that like redacted and i who saw it in theaters was like wait a minute, is he starting to do a Donald Trump impression? Like, arbitrarily? Like, he started to do a Donald Trump impression as a part of his character arc and performance. And it was crazy. It was actually crazy. Mm -mm. No. (laughs) No. Can I tell you, 
this is the second time we've talked about color out of space and i'm going to be honest john that thing must have went to four theaters because i've never <laughs> even heard of it yeah well that's a great the great luxury about living in los angeles is that you get every single movie released here somewhere <laughs> so, yeah. um check i mean i would i'll honestly check out color out of space because that movie is crazy and the visual effects and lighting are very much worth the, the price of admission and also the creature at the okay. end is insane um, okay, just for that, but you'll see the Donald Trump impression that I'm talking about. But Nicolas Cage, he is oh. like, what happened there with his his whole journey? I don't know. How did he come back? It's so crazy. What do you think about that? I don't know, but well, I can tell you this: what I think is the only Donald Trump impression I want is the Viv. That's it. That, those are my <laughs> thoughts. I don't know. Yeah, the Viv does a really good one. That's for sure. I am. Um, yeah, we it's need actually amazing. Doing... <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I instinctively want to ask you if you've been watching all stars, but I know it's going to be like down a rabbit hole. Okay. We're, we're not going to go down a rabbit hole. I will say <laughs> yes. And, uh, we watched, we've only watched the first three, but today we're going to be catching back up because we've been binging. So mm -hmm. I'm happy to binge. So I'll okay, probably watch talk about more it. today. Yeah, I won't. I won't talk about the the latest episode or the episode before that because I haven't okay. gone there yet. But okay. things get interesting. We're gonna get there. Okay. Well, I'll, you um, know, I'm gonna text you. But anyway, okay, back yeah. to Renfield. Uh, Renfield. Uh, also, so he uh, now he's mixed up in this crime syndicate drama. Aquafina comes together with Renfield as like two oddball um, uh, anti-hero types, and uh, he. Um, uh yeah they try to target the lobos and go after them and uh so he goes back to so anyway so uh something happens where the lobos track down where renfield has been going and they track down and they find dracula's lair which to me the set design was truly amazing like the dracula lair john was it was so cool, cool. It was so cool <laughs> I love so can I we talk about yeah. how his his throne had all of those blood packets behind it and it actually looked yeah. like a throne. I was like, this is insane. The yeah, the like the, the IV blood packs, um, like the backdrop, mm -hmm. it was just so good. And it was like this is what I love Great. about movie like movies that utilize like sound stages in this way, and they're trying not to, they're not trying to be naturalistic at all like this is a comic book series on on yep. film and it's it's yep. so good and i just love that hyper stylized you have to do it that way it's it's good also it's really really good the color palette the color yeah, palette yeah in, yeah in yeah. his i was like i was here for the color palette in his little <laughs> shrine yeah so you're, you're getting greens you're getting reds you're getting purples it's a very it's like clear and obvious that like the production team is involved in comic books it just makes so much sense yeah um and um yeah anyway so uh they the lobos they find dracula and they give him an interesting proposition about uh world domination because the lobos and dracula align in that way so um renfield so dracula is revived back to his full power almost and he tracks down because this is this is the interesting thing so renfield is in his um his support group and there he has a breakthrough where they're like you don't have like you can't like what's going to happen if you don't uh be subservient to this person in your life and they don't know it's dracula and he's like well, if I'm not there to feed him like the blood of the innocent or whatever, he's not going to reach his power and he remains powerless. But since the Lobos has found him and decided to regain his strength or whatever, um, uh, Dracula tracks down Renfield and their whole uh, relationship uh, comes to a head where he's like, they, re they really go into the, the toxic relationship element of this in that scene where... <laughs> It's this really emotional I liked moment. It, though. Me too, because like they were, they were fully doing like um, control freak in a relationship as Dracula, and because Redfield yes. is so like I'm out of here, Dracula does every trick in the book that a domineering, 
unhealthy relationship controlling relationship person does to a, the other one and um and it basically almost works but renfield he remembers that he has this self-help book and he starts reciting out of it he and does. Then dracula's like dracula punishes him by going to the the support group flying over to the support group and killing every single person there like it's shocking Uh-oh. and i were it's you actually for brutal. that moment <laughs> yes because i fully was like okay there's gonna be a moment where it's like oh he's gonna have like this no there wasn't no. a moment of clarity for dracula it was like i'm Mm-mm. going to kill everyone in your life and also no opportunity for renfield to actually stop it he was literally nope. powerless in the situation. And all of these characters were like, I really liked these characters. They all die. They all, they all, John. we all watch them die. It doesn't cut away. It is brutal, gruesome and gross. And I liked it. <laughs> John, is it? So here's the thing. It's like, I actually really loved the group, yeah. the group setting. And I kind of loved all of the actors in it because they did a really great job. They did, and they were just like these. I mean, and we we had seen them. They had built it up uh, before. Uh, they spent time. We we keep coming back to them to the point where, like, once they start, once Dracula is like ripping out their throats and stuff, you feel really bad. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So we, it shows that Dracula is serious. He will kill anybody that um, Renfield comes to care about all through his days because they are psychically linked together um so dracula goes off on his little um world domination journey um and uh with the lobos while renfield uh comes together back together with aquafina but aquafina has responded to the call of the the massacre and the support group and she thinks that renfield is the culprit she goes to arrest him but the Lobos uh, tied in with the other corrupt police. They come to the scene and they take Renfield because they have a vendetta against Renfield. But uh, Aquafina makes a choice and she uh, decides to flee with Renfield away, not without getting shot in the process. She wakes up in her apartment and Renfield has made her breakfast and whatnot and cookies and things. And she, they have like this push and pull moment where they're like, I don't know how to trust you and blah, 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 but I need your help. And uh, they ultimately decide that they are going to come together to take down the Lobos and Dracula because he does come clean about the Dracula thing. And Aquafina's like, okay, work. Um, so they're getting coffee as you do in New Orleans. And um, uh, yeah, so Aquafina goes to call her sister, who she's sort of on the outs with. And it turns out that she has been abducted by the Lobos. And um, Dracula is psychically giving a message to Renfield where he's like, meet me here and whatnot. And you have this amount of time to do it. Otherwise, this girl gets dead. And that's the person you care about. And that's how I'm going to punish you for being independent from me. And um, uh, yeah, so they decide to do the whole third act thing where they arrive at the place. It's the Lobo's lair and things get bad. Things get pretty messy, but also like good messy. <laughs> uh, messy in the best possible way. Um, yeah, what, pretty much. That's the only way to describe it. Because it, it does, it does build up to the ending, which is very brutal and gruesome, and I love it. Even though, like at this point, the story is kind of so over. Fun. Yeah, like the story is basically oh, over. John, really. They, jo- John, they threw the story out the window right after everybody at the self-help group died. Yeah, right? They're just like, okay, so we're just going to like do a lot of brutality stuff and, and, get, and get Renfield and Aquafina into the same room as Dracula somehow. But not without, yes. like, not without an army of Lobos who have been turned into familiars of Dracula so they can also eat bugs. And there's a point where the son Lobos, he snorts a centipede. John, it was so insane, but I also fully loved it. I'm like, where the hell do you have a centipede crawling out of your arm? And I was like, okay, I kind of, I'm, I'm all right with this because at this point, this is what this movie is. Yeah, like they've already sold us on like the crazy, crazy shit of it. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, so they end up overcoming Dracula by trapping him 
uh, Ghostbuster style inside of a, a ring of protection. Of the ring is made of a white powder of cocaine. Cocaine. And somehow, <laughs> somehow which I it's magic. Was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, which somehow magic and traps a um, Dracula in there, and they they uh, he's sort he's very immortal. So they had to chop him up into little bits, and they had fun with it. They they throw him into. I some, had uh, fun with it. Did you like John, it? I had fun right along with them. I did. <laughs> they they go the extra mile. I would say they do <laughs> make sure they don't, they don't just chop him up into little bits and scatter his parts. They chop him up, they blend him up and they put him into cement and then they freeze the cement into ice cubes. And then they dump those ice cubes into the sewer. And, uh, yeah. and that's basically the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is right. John, they were Did so miss- precise with the cuts. They the, were they were perfectly square cuts, and I loved it. <laughs> it's like great. Somebody has butcheriness, butcher school. They went to butcher school. <laughs> they have experience chopping up those those parts. Um, but for me, did I miss anything, or uh, how did you feel about uh, no, it? No, you've covered literally everything. Was there a favorite part of yours that that wasn't acknowledged, or maybe a a, a least favorite part? My least favorite part I can tell you is I found myself having a very hard time understanding Nicolas Cage through a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my gripe. That's the one that I mentioned in the beginning. It was very hard to understand. And I watched this with my redacted because he really wanted to. And he will not watch it with subtitles. So for me, you were lost. I was like, what's happening i couldn't understand nicholas cage for a, yeah. a lot of it and that bothered me i feel like his mouth was full of those fake teeth maybe that was an obstacle yeah it was but john fun fact do you know that he actually had his teeth filed so that he could have these teeth put into his mouth what yeah like he he did some filing on his own teeth he didn't do it himself but so that they could work with these teeth that they put in his face. I'm like, that, girl, that's too much. Not for this. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Which makes me feel like maybe that was his unemployableness, was that he's so weird and crazy behind the scenes. Uh-huh. So, Do you think he's like method where he was I, actually doing a... this weird Dracula character method? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I think, I don't know, actually, at this point. He's crazy and wild, but um, I don't know. I would say, I would say this movie was very entertaining for me. Not up top, though, like starting it, I was kind of like, ugh, what is this? And then it wasn't until like the first, the first fight scene with, um, with the Lobos where I was like, okay, I finally understand what we're doing here. Like, I can't yeah. I get it. Yeah. That was the yeah. same with me. I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh, Lord. I was like, what have we gotten ourselves into? But when yeah. that happened, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm cool with this. Yeah. Like what a, was your a, favorite part? Or what was your I, least favorite part? That's what I want to know. You know what I, I liked? Well, I mean, what I didn't like about it was that the the whole character story with Aquafina was a little bit meh. And like they, they were like teasing at maybe a possible romance between Renfield and her. And it seemed like a lot of the plot points were just very much happening right where they were supposed to in the script without much sort of, uh, what do they call that? Like dynamic progression. It was just like, oh, this is supposed to happen right now. So this is going to happen right now. And you can yeah. do that because it's zany and weird. But, um, uh, yeah, like the the B story, like we went really hard into like the Lobos character story arc. I felt like that was like unnecessary, and like the whole crime syndicate was kind of odd to me too somehow. But I mean, it worked, I guess. But what I did like about it was, um, my, my favorite part I would say was whenever Renfield uh, chugged the ant farm to get power. <laughs> And then burst out of the door and commences to like kill a bunch of corrupt cops to protect Aquafina. 
And in doing so, there's a lot of really crazy, hilarious violence where I, would I was say, going to say, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I laughed through this and yeah, I was yeah. like, thank God. I was like, this is what I want. I want this. Yeah. And it's it's the I, craziest mm-hmm. moment. It's the craziest. Even there's there's more fighting along the way, like after this, but this is probably the height of crazy zany violence. Because I liked I, I liked, loved it. Can I for you, um, I bet it is, but I don't know. But you tell me. Like the in that within that fight scene with all the corrupt cops. There's a very the small arms. Are shot. you gonna say the arms? No, before that, it's there's a face oh. snatch off. When he's, <laughs> he's... Oh. John, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, like there's a cop uh-huh. running running at him, and like all Renfield <laughs> does is like he snatches the face right off that guy, and his face is totally missing, and his bloody skull just with the eyeball still in screams. <laughs> yes, like, okay. John, that was actually hilarious. I love the arms, but what really got me is when all this is happening and Aquafina's like, what in the shit? And <laughs> and Renfield is dropping from one of the balconies and he's like this. Yeah, he waves at her like he's like, hi. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the silliest, the craziest thing ever. Like, yeah, so it's a it's a zany, gory fight scene, and I loved it. Yeah, it's it's very tonally on point. But I mean, that's a, this whole movie is is tonally not serious. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's interesting. It's a. It's just fun. It's an intriguing premise. It, like you would never expect Renfield to be in this sort of situation with these abilities or whatever. It's an interesting take, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I I was happy. I was happy with it. For, I mean, for the most part, yeah, I think I was happy with it. I was entertained the entire time. Yeah, yeah. It was just like the introduction. I was like, oh, God, what are we doing? And uh, and then they, they uh, deliver on the entertainment. So it's a movie. Can I tell you, I actually understood what this movie was going to be because of the introduction when, when Dracula's skeleton, when Renfield's like, are you okay? And he's like, no. Has burnt, has burnt skeleton, and I was like, "This is what we're doing." And I said, right in that moment, I was like, "I already knew where we were going." John, yeah. I laughed so hard because I wasn't expecting a skeleton to be like. <laughs> John, no. it was so, it was so, yeah, it was so Muppet, and I was like, "Okay, cool." Like that for oh, me yeah. when the introduction happened, I was like, "All right, I'm here, I'm good." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I know what you mean. It it was sort of like a a blurry line between, like, for me, not being involved and then being involved all of a sudden. I didn't expect it. Uh I didn't expect it. And I feel like that's just how it works. And I feel like for this, for me, like, this, this the craft is really good, too. Like, you can tell it's not Mm -hmm. cheaply done. And only on $65 million. Mm -hmm. I mean, for, they did, they did, I think they did a lot with that money, for sure. They did it. Was I agree? Yeah, but I I have to say before we get maybe into our critiques of everything, which we're already doing, but like um, uh, there's so the history of Universal's monster universe. Have you looked into it? Because it's like it's all over the place, and this is a part of that. But it it started like back in just like a few years ago, whenever Tom Cruise came out with that Mummy movie. Oh, I didn't watch you, it, John. I didn't watch I didn't, it either. I had no desire. I had Me no neither. desire to see it. Just TBH. Like, it was it was like this really big push for Universal to um, thrust its its monster universe, like mum, like the Mummy, uh, Dracula, the Wolfman, etc. I, I believe Frankenstein is also involved in this world. Um, for universal it was supposed to be like this big linked world where universe where all these movies would come together and like big theatrical releases but because that tom cruise movie was such a flop um they decided to do to pivot to those very insular stories very standalone stories of these intellectual properties and then invisible man came out and it was such a huge success and um 
Yeah, so uh, so Renfield and Dracula were supposed to be a part of this giant, huge universe. And so they pivoted, and this uh, this Skybound guy, um, uh, Kirkman or whatever, he, um, I should know this because I, <laughs> I should definitely know this. His name is Robert Kirkman, and he owns Skybound. He's one of the owners of, the founders of Skybound, um, uh, the comic book company. And he, he did a pitch for, for this, this, whole thing and uh for renfield being a part of like this codependent relationship and it's leans on the humorous comedic things and it's like actiony and universal liked it and it went through like a little bit of development hell for a while and they finally settled on what we see today and i thought it was good yeah i agree so i think what should our rating on a on a rating scale what should it be you go first. Okay, you go first. So on a scale of on a scale of ten corpses just covered in flies and rotting <laughs> in Dracula's lair. Um or you know what? Actually, out of ten faces being ripped completely off of the bones, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm gonna give this movie a seven. I wanna give this well Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna give it a seven. I, that, I think that's, that's, that's I'm fair. comfortable there. Seven. Yeah, that's that's very fair because there are some. I mean, you know, it's just like regular. There's some monotonous, mundane, run of the mill Hollywood movie things in there because they could have taken this so much further. And because, like, despite how far they took it, it still just feels like lackluster Hollywood fare, like popcorn movie, which is great for me. But because of that, for me as well. It is. It is a seven. I don't mind but, a popcorn movie. I mean, I don't mind a popcorn movie gonna, at all. Sometimes that's but it's all not I gonna want. Be, yeah, and it's not going to be a ten if that's the case. To be no. a ten, you have to. No, it's not a, a ten. ten. A ten has to really push the the envelope or hit all hit all the extra things that, like, say, for instance, um, everywhere all at once did. I guess. Yes. Yep. And for yeah. me, Pearl. And for me, also mm-hmm. Evil Dead Rise. I still can't stop thinking about Evil Dead Rise. John, it's literally one of my favorite movies. Have you watched it again since our, our last recording? No, but I'm going to. I absolutely want to. Yeah. It's good. So I'll go back and watch it again. I love it. Yeah. I just love it so much. I don't know what it is about that movie, but it just feels like it just feels gay. You know, it does feel gay. And you, it, it reminds me of another Sam Raimi awesome horror. <laughs> it, 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 remind, it reminds me of like another Sam Raimi uh, Drag horror. Drag me to hell, please. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So underrated. Drag me to hell is, Drag me to hell is so good. Yeah, but it has that quality of like elevated horror, but it's such, it's done in such a perfect structure world lore yep all of it yeah drag drag yep. me to hell is really good too. good are we a horror podcast so now? seven i don't know john honestly I, I, well no i don't think so i think we just lead, need to let you all know that we do gravitate towards horror but we also love every type of movie horror is kind of horrors our genre but mm-hmm. i just love everything i think i like a lot of different movies yeah me too i mean Maybe next week we do, um, ugh, we don't do Avatar Way of Water, do we? I mean, it's going to take me two days to watch it. But if you, John, actually, no, I don't think I can do it. I don't want to no. do it. I don't think I want to do Avatar. You know what I'd rather do? Let's do, mm-hmm. um, okay, so let's do, have you ever watched Waiting to Exhale? No. Me either. And but Waiting is... to Exhale stars Angela Bassett, and I really want to watch it. Yeah, let's do it. I've never seen it, but it, had, I've it never has always it. been It's always been out there in the zeitgeist, and I've always known of the movie since childhood. But let's see what all the fuss is about. I'm down. I love Angela Bassett, so let's, let's do Aiding, Waiting to Exhale for next week. Yeah, so let's, let's do it. So let's get into the critics. What did the critics say about oh. uh, Renfield? Uh, oh, you know, you know what they did. You know what the the, the real ca- critics, the real critics gave, gave it. it a Wait, can I guess? Oh, oh, I already said. I was. Oh my I God. Was, that's okay. I, that's okay. I was gonna say they probably gave it a forty. 
Yeah, they gave but it a 58. They gave it higher than I thought. That's good. But I mean, like, they gave it a 58 tomatometer over at rottentomatoes.com.co.uk. And um, <laughs> they, um, they definitely said... This is what the critics' consensus is. It says, although it fails to take full advantage of its committed stars and killer premise, Renfield's batty horror comedy blend sinks. What? Blend sinks in just enough to leave an impression. Um, that's a that's a lot. That's a, they. I would rate this this punniness of this critics' consensus of fifty eight. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot to say yeah. nothing. It is a lot to say. What, what about the audience score? A seventy-nine percent. They were entertained. They were. See, they were I get it. And at at this point, I trust yeah. the audience more than I trust the critics because the thing is, is like I could have given it an eight, but it, to me, not being able to understand Nicolas Cage bothered me. And like you said, all of those plot points just kind of happening yeah. to happen because they needed to move the story along. Yeah. yeah. Also, also, I feel but, like also. John like John Wick movies are full fan service audience servicing movies and I got to say I like a John Wick movie but this is a John Wick movie with Renfield and Dracula that's it's, John there's so the action is exactly the same um so I've never watched people, a John Wick movie not a single one of them well you just did it's called Renfield it okay, it well, has good. to at least uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's basically the same movie um but anyway so the audience says the audience says you'll enjoy renfield more if you're ready for a lot of campy humor but why else would you be watching yeah. Nicolas cage vampire movie yeah. yeah see that's where it is i'm so glad it really does kind of blur the line of like this campiness to it and i'm like this is fun like it's just yeah. fun ride and you can tell, I mean, Nicholas Holt, if we can talk about him for a second, he's so good. Like, he really he's is. Really, it's, it's, I feel like he's one of those actors that can just do anything. Right. I agree. I was happy to see him in this. I think he's great. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched his, his television series that he does called The Great. Speaking of great with Elle Fanning. No, Yes. Okay. Me either. But that's been on my list because it looks really fun. Yeah, it's a comedy, like a dark comedy as well. But Nicholas Holt also, what I really, really liked him in was um, was George Miller's uh, Fury Road, Mad Max. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He plays that. He plays that one. He um, he's the younger guy that gets like that weird. Uh, he likes the the spray paint. Is that him? Yeah, he plays one of those guys, and he he's like the main yes. one that goes along the journey with with uh -huh. them and has yes. a whole character. Okay, arc. he was great in there. Yeah, he falls in love with Riley Coe's character, who's Elvis's granddaughter. Yeah, I loved her. I didn't. I, I watched at Zola. By the way, did I tell you that? No, it was, was it good? Eh. Mm. It was. Eh. It was okay. Is I loved a, everybody a, in it. The acting was incredible. Yeah, but there was just something about it. The it, the way it ended, I was like, "What?" But oh, it was okay. like it was good. It was good ish. Yeah. I would say if you're looking for a movie to watch, where you're like, "I can throw this on," and I'm not looking, but I love Riley Co. Um, I just think everybody in the movie was good. So, I mean, if you're yeah. in it for good acting and like mediocrity, also at the same time, <laughs> go ahead. Great watch acting, Asshole. but mediocre. Um, then it's for yeah. you. Mediocre movie, but good <laughs> acting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but did did we do it? Is there anything else that you would like to say? I think we did it. I did a lot. I don't of think so. What today. I would say is for all of you out there. Well, that's okay because this lag really sucks, and we kind of have to like pick and choose who's talking yeah. when. So I, hate I would it. just say, me too. So I, I would say, watch this movie. You're gonna have a really good time watching this movie. Also, don't forget to follow us on instagram at mean girls interrupted don't forget to like rate review on apple podcast give us five stars it's leave us a review also it really helps 
Um, and then you can go to our website at meangirlsinterrupted.com and find all of our information there. And definitely, definitely, definitely send us an email at meangirlsinterrupted at gmail.com and tell us what you want us to watch. We would love to hear from all of you. We want to know, do you have some obscure movie we need to see? Do we need to watch Eating Raul? Um, what do you think? <laughs> like, tell us. So um, I guess that's it. <laughs> Um, I feel like that was the best call to action I've ever heard in my entire life. And I, I would rate that. I would rate that a 10. Thanks. I, you know who else? I, you know what else I would rate a 10? I would rate, I would rate us a 10. For Try to give us a 10. Our friendship is a 10. I, yes. but what's not a 10 is that I still have. Um, I still have a present sitting right here on my desk that I need to send to you. It, it's actually in the box that it needs to go to the UPS store. Um, it's really so, funny. <laughs> so yeah, so that you, uh, you and Redacted can can use can use these. Oh, I'm so. excited for. Um, hmm, I'm not going to ask. Mm-hmm. I'll be surprised. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it's just like a simple gift that that I got you, and so expect that in the mail. And I will. I guess with that, everyone, we'll see you at the movies. Roll the credits, you like oddly hilarious uh, two second moment where a mom tells Renfield that he's a bad person as he scarfs down a <laughs> shit ton of ants. You're a bad person, <laughs> Mr. Renfield. <laughs> Goodbye. Renfield. Bye. <laughs>